reached down and wiped our tears away. Stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen. And it's still raining. As a thunder this morning. <laughs> Everybody's had coffee. That's good. I'm going to call everybody in from breakfast out in the cafe and ask you to come in here so we can start our worship time together. We have an exciting morning this morning and we're excited that you're here. Are you excited to be here? Yes? It is exciting. We've had, we're ahead of you a little bit. I'm just going to let you know we're a little bit ahead of you. We've been worshiping for Lord this morning. Bill Springston came dancing down the middle aisle. It was great. We had a great morning already worshiping Jesus. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand and uh, we are going to get started. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit in this morning. Father, we thank you for being here already. Thank you for being here before anyone darkened the doorways. And we just ask you, Father, to be with us the rest of the morning. I ask that we can just lay down everything at your feet. And Lord, that we can enjoy your presence this morning. And we just want to give you our full hearts, our full attention, and we just want to love on you and just see what you have ready for us for this week that's coming and how you're going to teach us and start ripening the fruit on each of our trees. So we love you. And we thank you for this morning and all God's people said, amen. Jeff, would you mind hitting the uh, music? I hear casting crowns in my ears. <laughs> and then we're going to get started. Here we go. 
We have a very special thing to do here at the top of our service. Brother Tim's coming up to join me, and I'm going to invite the Green family and the Smith family to come. And the rest of you may be seated. We've got some parents that are going to step up and introduce themselves and let us know why they're here today. Come on up here on the platform. We're going to be one big family. We had to get Scott out of a sound booth to do this, didn't we? Hey, Brother Jeff, can we have that yellow mic up? There you go. Yeah, he is doing a lot of things up there. He's doing great, too. Okay. Test, test. There we go. Um, my name's Scott Green. This is Rachel. This is Henry will be dedicating today. He's doing a lot better already than Emerson did when he was dedicated. <laughs> but um, I am the youth pastor here and have been here since October 2017. So we've been worshiping with you guys for a little while. And uh, we're really excited about this day represents and what this day means. So I'm going to pass it down to the Smith family. If anyone doesn't know, uh, this is Danielle, my beautiful wife, and I'm Jordan. Uh, we're dedicating our two beautiful boys, uh, Logan James and Henry Harrison. Uh, we've been here for about, about a year, maybe a little over. And we're just so excited for this journey for the boys. Amen. That's great. Okay, let's slide everybody to the right so we can get all the family on the platform, and uh, we'll begin. Good to be doing this with my brother Tim today. Amen. You can just pull that out. Yep, there you go. need my glasses here. <laughs> That's two of us. It's been a while since I've dedicated a baby. I've dedicated a lot of them across the years, but it has been a while, and I'm reminded today that we are to be reminded that then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And Jordan and Daniel and Rachel and Scott, this is for you. In presenting these children for dedication, you signify not only your faith in Christ, but also your desire that they may early know and follow the will of God, may live and die a Christian, and come into everlasting life. In order to attain this holy end, it will be your duty as parents to teach them early the fear of the Lord, to watch over their education that they be not led astray, to direct their youthful mind to the scriptures and their feet to the sanctuary restrain them from evil friends and habits and as much as in you lies to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Will you do so with the help of God? If so, answer we will. And now I have the opportunity to ask you as the congregation, will you commit yourself as the body of Christ to support and encourage these parents as they endeavor to fulfill their responsibilities to these children? And to assist them, will you assist them by nurturing their, the growth of their children toward spiritual maturity? If so, answer with a hearty, we will. We will. Okay, Henry, come here, buddy. This is our big moment. 
Brother Tim, I don't think I've done this for a while. Let's pray for little Henry. God, what a miracle life is. Thank you for this little life. Thank you for bringing Henry into this world and into the arms of loving parents. And we just pray for him today. Before he even recognizes that we're here, perhaps that you're here, God, I pray that your spirit would speak to his spirit, that he would early on know and experience your love for him. Now, Henry Harrison Smith, I dedicate you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Quick little look. And he is awake. Hey, buddy. There you go. Okay, Logan, you think I could hold you for a minute? Would you let me hold you? Come here, buddy. Oh, yeah, you will. I'm going to pray for you, okay? God, I thank you for Logan. I thank you for these few years that he's been walking around and learning to talk and experiencing so many wonderful things in his family. And I pray that he too would know how much you love him, that you would bless his life from these days on with your presence. And I pray that he would come one day to recognize that Jesus died for him, that he'd invite him into his heart and live life with him and for him forever. This morning, we dedicate Logan James Smith in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All God's people said, amen. Amen, buddy. You're a good guy. Yeah. I've been in ministry 51 years, and I've dedicated a lot of babies. I don't think I've ever dedicated a baby named Henry. And there are two here today. That's right. Which is amazing. Hi, Henry. He's staring at me like, don't let this guy grab me. dedicate you today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, would you rest your hand upon this young man? Would you keep him in your care? Would you bless him and protect him and walk with him through life? May his heart always be tender and may his eyes always be on you. And Father, I pray that you would somehow be able to unleash through him all of the potential mm. that is wrapped up in this little package. We thank you today for him. And we pray for Scott and Rachel that you'd be with them as they strive to care for him and lead him. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
have a letter that we're giving the parents today. It's not for the parents. This letter is for this child. And parents, our desire would be that somewhere, maybe around their 18th birthday, you would bring that letter out of their baby book and open it up and let them read what we have written to your children on this day. Also, a baby blanket is prepared for each of our children today. Thank you, Cindy Rumsey for these blankets. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's pray together as a congregation as they return to their seats. Heavenly Father, the joy of being in your house today and especially to have opportunity to be with these families is a special moment and we thank you for it. And we ask, Father, that as we proceed in what we, what we bring to you as our worship effort, that you would receive it, that you would be blessed by it. And, Father, that we would sense your presence in this place today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, and take a moment and greet one another this morning? Thank you. That was great. Sweet. I think I'm still my Good stuff. Good morning, friends. So good to be here together today to worship our Lord, our Savior, and our Father, and our friend. Thank you so much for being here today. You may be seated. If you did not get one of these beautiful blue handouts... One of our good-looking ushers is going to be walking around with them. So just lift up a hand, and he'll make sure you get that. All the information you could possibly want to know is right here. It is just amazing. And it is full of all kinds of good things. First thing I want you to pull out is this yellow connection card. This is such a great way for us to keep connected. And on the back, there's a place to put a prayer request if there's any way that we can be praying for you, please write that down on that card. Put it in the offering plate. Our ushers will be waiting on us in just a few minutes for that. This card can go in there with that prayer request, and we will be praying for you. 
If you are visiting with us, this is just a great way for us to get that information, and I could be in touch with you this week. So just take a few minutes and write down that information. And uh, thank you so much for doing that, and thank you so much for visiting with us today. Also, you're going to see this envelope in there. So my envelope says Ben and Kelly Spitler and has a two on there, and it has $20 inside here. Because Labor Day weekend, we, as a church family, we're going to go up to Golden Bell Camp for the morning service, and I'm going to stay for lunch. And I hope you will all stay for lunch, too. So just put $10 per person in this envelope, mark it. There's a little paper inside. You can mark that down there, and that will sign us up for an incredible lunch, Labor Day Sunday at Golden Bell. And sure hope that you can join us there and invite some friends to come along too. Next um, week will be a family service, or our kids will be in here. We always enjoy those services when our children are here worshiping with us in the sanctuary. Also, we have another movie night coming up, August 26th. Bring your classic car. Now, we have our classic minivan that uh, is always, always a big hit here. Uh, so if you have something as classy as our minivan, bring it along. And uh, that's August 26, 745, movie night outside here in the parking lot. Another great opportunity to invite a friend or neighbor with you. The movie is Overcomer, and you have something in your program about that as well. Also, Prime Timers kickoff event. Now, Prime Timers is 55 and older. So if you're 54, sorry, you're going to have to wait one more year. But they're going to be doing their kickoff event August 20th at 1130 at the Springston, Springston Home. And I know that's just going to be a great time. So be sure and mark that on your calendar. I already told you about the Labor Day Sunday plans at Golden Bell, so we will not be meeting here. And NMI, do you guys know what that stands for? Nazarene Missions International. We are so excited about our missions program. And this is an alabaster box. I don't know how many of you have ever had an alabaster box in your home. Raise your hand. Okay, many of us have. We put our loose change in here. That loose change we bring back in September. We put it all together, and all of that money goes to build buildings somewhere um, on the mission field. So be sure and grab one of these on your way out. They're in a basket there. Take it home, fill it up with your loose change, and bring that back September 21st. We'll put it all together, and that will go towards missions. Thank you so much for doing that. I'm going to invite our missions president to come forward. Janine, I don't know. There you are. Come on up. She has a few things to say about our missions program, and she has a little testimony to share with us. So let's all welcome Janine this morning. I grabbed a couple of those boxes back there to bring up. I grabbed a couple of the boxes back there to bring up to show you what they were, and Kelly beat me to it. So I passed one on to my neighbor, Carolyn. So she's all ready to go. Uh, alabaster is a pretty great idea for the Nazarene churches. Um, and I, I want to tell you something that I found out yesterday as I was looking up about alabaster, being I knew about alabaster, 
But back in the 40s, Marilyn Elizabeth Venom is one who uh, came, across, came upon this idea. She uh, was in the 40s, and she took it from the scripture of uh, when the woman poured the alabaster stone, they called it, on Jesus' feet. And that's how we came with alabaster boxes. <clears throat> the offering is for the global building fund that where they purchase land and building supplies um, to build churches, schools, and medical facilities. Alabaster is more than just uh, buildings. It changes lives. And we were able to uh, be a part of that in our trip to Brazil and our trip to Trinidad. In Trinidad, not Trinidad, um, Bangkok, sorry. Uh, when we were there for 14 days, we helped in their new chapel that was being built. My husband and his friend, they did a lot of the painting, tile was laid, and um, we learned that when a person there becomes a Christian, they are, they are struck from their family. Therefore, the church becomes their family. They do everything together. They do birthdays. They do uh, Christmas, all the holidays. That is their family. And the family, the group that we were with there, there was over probably 200 people involved in there. One of the things we did learn is they, they cooked for us, and they do not like American macaroni and cheese or hamburgers. So... <laughs> We we to make we were to make them a, a menu and uh, yeah so we learned we learned that so um, yeah so it does change lives and as they said we'll be getting our boxes today we have them for children which has Noah Ark on it and uh, I tried to pass that one off to Carolyn but she just smiled at me and then we have these other ones. So I hope that uh, you all take one, fill it up with your change, and we will have that Alabaster Sunday. I do appreciate their company. The boys put the, the uh, boxes together. That's a lot of work, and sometimes it doesn't always work out so well. So, so I, I was sharing with Pastor uh, Ben a couple weeks ago about uh, my testimony, just a little bit of my testimony. When we had Bible school here, and it brought me back to my childhood, and I'm going to have to read this to you, so. Um, watching the children brought me back to the childhood when a pastor of mine, back in the, this is in the 60s, okay, Clive Williams, very old guy, but he came and canvassed in our neighborhood to invite children to VBS. Our family was not a Christian family, so I looked forward to attending VBS. I grew as a young Christian, and when I was around 12, we had a missionary visit in our church. I was taken by the mission, the information they were putting out, and if I remember right, it was Smelzenbach who was a missionary in Africa. Um, so uh, looking forward to attending VBS, I grew as a young Christian, and when I was around 12 and this missionary came, I felt the leading of the Lord to uh, give myself to dedicate to missions. 
And um, so I stayed faithful to that call. And then uh, in our church came this person, and I heard about his call for the pastorate. And it was kind of a different call than I, than I knew, but I still stayed faithful. And once we got married, I worked as a pastor's wife, uh, reached out to many people in the mission, and we even were pastoring other church people who, and I'm not talking about Nazarenes, they were Baptists and whoever else was around. God has been faithful, and he has kept us strong. And so that's basically just a simple part of my testimony, but God has been good to us in all these years. Thank you, Janine. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward for morning tithes and offerings, and I just thank you so much for your generosity in giving, and also just a reminder to go ahead and put that envelope in there for your meal for camp and your connection card. And thank you so much. God bless you.
blood pumping now? That should wake you right up. There you go. Let's continue to worship.
we're going to teach you guys a new song this morning. It's probably not new to some of you. You might have heard it already. But it talks about, you can sit down if you'd like. It talks about uh, who he is and how he is enough for us. He is our Jireh, our Jehovah Jireh. But he, I want to read this one line to you because it's just beautiful. And it's just wonderful to see how he, no matter what season we're in, no matter where we're going, he is there and he is enough for us. And it talks about, let me read you this verse. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. Does anybody ever worry about making him proud? Yeah, I've been there. I've never been more loved than I am right now. And then it talks about how Jaira, you are enough. Jaira, you are enough. And I will be content in every circumstance because you're enough. So we're going to teach this to you this morning. And I just want you to soak it up. Just kind of listen and just pray. Just have some time with him during that as you're learning.
Pray for that contentment in our life as we trust in you. You have always been enough. Your grace has always been sufficient. We're so grateful for that. We thank you today for, for new life. Thank you for our babies, our kids. Thank you for new life in Jesus. Thank you for that day that you saved us when we became children of God. Thank you, Father, for the fire that you can stir in our souls. We want to be like those disciples on the Emmaus Road whose hearts burned within them as they walked along with Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your church, the ministry of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. God, we pray for those who may be struggling today, sick, hurting, wondering if all this could be for real. We bring those that we're burdened for, that we love to you. We lift them up, pray for your mercy and grace. We thank you for this time together, privilege and freedom of gathering here. Now, Father, we pray that you'd give us ears to hear your word and hearts open to the work you surely want to do in and through and among us. Pray for your anointing as we try our best to preach your word. Accomplish your purpose for us in these moments. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. really is good to be together in God's house today, amen? 
Hey, would you uh, welcome some friends of ours back uh, from back in Maryland, uh, Nehemiah and Marcella Iglesias and their young men, uh, Gabriel and Daniel, right here. Thank you. They heard me say it's good to be in God's house for, uh, I don't know, a decade or more back there. Uh, we used to take care of Nehemiah and Marcella when they were about their boy's age. That's how far we go back, so that's a good thing. Can we bring the lights up? And uh, Brother Tim has some friends here today, too. Let's see if I can remember their names. Robin and Wayne, right? Let's welcome them as well. And they're pastoring in Little Rock currently. Oh, okay. You did mention Little Rock, though, didn't you? Uh, maybe not. Who knows? Okay, Ben, get to preaching before you dig your hole any deeper. Anyway, it's great to have them. little vacation, and that's always good for us pastors. You'll notice in those blue uh, Sunday morning handouts that uh, Woodland Park Church of the Nazarene is uh, making its debut. We've begun to do the work of syncing everything up. Uh, with that renewed name for our church that you approved in a congregational meeting last Sunday. And thank you for participating in that. And uh, you'll have more opportunity to participate in that way in the days to come. Uh, we have been saying that Dr. Askren, our district superintendent, will be meeting with your board a week from Tuesday. And we'll begin that search and selection process for a new lead pastor for you. And uh, you will have the opportunity to speak into that. You'll have the opportunity to say, at this juncture in the life of our church, here's what I believe we need in a new lead pastor. And in fact, you'll be able to give Dr. Askren some names. So be prayerfully considering that opportunity, and we're looking forward to your, uh, your feedback and participation. I want to say something today. Uh, you're probably hearing more about the Church of the Nazarene in these past five months than you would typically hear from me. And... Uh, we're doing that because we're trying to catch you up a little bit. I think we came uh, to Woodland Park realizing that many perhaps weren't aware of what was going on in the larger church that we're a part of, in mission, in our universities across the country, and in many other ways. So we're trying to catch you up on that. Someone expressed the concern this uh, past week that we uh, keep the main thing the main thing around here. And I'm on board with that. We are, first of all, Christians. It doesn't matter if we're Nazarene or Baptist or Episcopalian or Catholic or Orthodox or Protestant. We want to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. We want to preach the gospel. We want to get out there and make a difference in our world. And we want to do it with our brothers and sisters, no matter what denomination or no denomination at all, across uh, this country, in this community, and around this world. Amen. Uh, so be assured that the main thing is going to be the main thing around here. But I'm glad to be a part of the church that we're a part of. Speaking of church names, I ran across some churches uh, this past week that maybe should consider a name change. I'm going to come out and enjoy these church signs with you. Scott, put that first sign up there. St. Peter's Church. Next. How would you like to be called the Flippin' Church of God? Next. Oh, there's one I don't want to be. Boring United Methodist Church. Next. 
<laughs> I don't want to be that one either. <laughs> Next, please. Now, there's one. How do you come up with an acronym for that? WPNAS sounds pretty good. And finally, I've heard a non-denominational, but not undenominational anyway. Thought you'd get a kick out of those. Thank you, Scott. Last week's uh, message was on wisdom, and for me, in the, uh, at the epicenter of that wisdom literature in the Old Testament is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm not preaching from that text again, but hear it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. That's been a life verse for me. We make decisions every day. Just a little bit of review before I go into the message today. Every day we make decisions, big and small. And to a great degree, we chart the course of our life. Pay attention to the decisions you're making today because they may have an effect on where you are 20 years from now. And in all of that, we need wisdom. And God has promised to give us that wisdom. Amen? God has given us His Word. And His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It has been that for me all my life. You too? God has given us the privilege of praying. He's given us His Holy Spirit to guide us and counsel us. God has given us the ability to think. We don't check our doors at the sanctuary. Reason is on the side of faith. We need to think. God has called us into the fellowship of His church, this community of faith and love where we can learn from each other, learn from each other's insights into the Scriptures, learn from each other's experience. And when we're taking advantage of all that light and all those means of grace, and when we're putting His Word into practice, we can be wise and discerning in increasing measure and make good, godly decisions. And you better believe God will make good on His promise. He will direct our path. Amen? Well, thank you very much. So last week's message was on wisdom. This week, encouragement. That next slide, please, Scott. I love this image. We need lots of that, too. Amen. Turn to the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. The book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Hebrews was written to a church whose faith was being challenged, a church who was going through some difficult times, a church that had seen better days. And I think uh, to a great degree that describes uh, the American church in these last few years especially and perhaps beyond. In Hebrews chapter 2, the writer of this long letter warns the church against drifting spiritually. And really, the writer spends about nine chapters reminding them of the good gospel reasons for keeping the faith, not drifting spiritually. And all of that culminates in this this 10th chapter. And I'd like to begin at verse 19, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, chapter 19. Did I get that right the first time? Anyway. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts 
sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. instruction to encourage one another and that's really my focal point in preaching today has a context and the truth in the context here in this passage is encouraging at verse 19 therefore uh, always connects what has been said prior to this passage with what is about to be said and that's really the whole first nine plus chapters of this letter but in this case uh the writer summarizes those first nine plus chapters in two uh, since statements that follow the therefore here, and I want to lift those up for us. Since statement number one, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. We have confidence to enter the most holy place. What is the most holy place? The innermost holiest space in the Jewish temple which was itself, the temple, a place of worship and prayer and represented God's presence among God's people. For centuries, where sacrifices were made and prayers were offered day and night, all year long through those centuries. The most holy place was entered only one time a year on the Day of Atonement and only by the high priest who offered a sacrifice for the sins of the entire nation. Now we, any of us, can enter that sacred space, enter into the very presence of God, any of us, any time, and with confidence. How? Why? By the shed blood and broken body of Jesus on the cross. In his sacrifice, he opened up a new and living way for us into the very presence of God. Jesus reconciled us to God. Under the old covenant of the law, we stood back as God thundered from Sinai. We stood back as the priest came before God on our behalf. We stood outside the temple as the high priest entered that inner sanctum. Under this new covenant of grace, the doors have been thrown open. And the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord Almighty, says, Come on in. Come close. Come to me. We uh, watched our last service back home last night. It was Christmas Eve service uh, just a few months ago. And these two young men were a part of the three tenors that sang that night. They have some nice voices and we were watching that uh, Christmas Eve service, and just this morning I thought back to uh, some of the Christmas Eve services, and that, that was the one service we could count on a year that was just packed. And people got there early to get a good seat, and, and the worship team wanted time to prepare and, and pray together before that service. So a couple of years we had the sanctuary doors closed, and we wouldn't let anyone in until about 10 minutes before the service. That was not a real popular move on our part. 
But I got that vision of being out uh, in our lobby in that facility on Christmas Eve and those doors finally opening and the Christmas music playing and the uh, poinsettias out and the, the Christmas trees on the platform all lit up and the candles on the communion table and, and just coming into that. And I'm getting goosebumps. I just love Christmas. I love that service. And, and I thought about that as God invites us into his presence. And then as if to say, if you still lack confidence in coming to God yourself, you have someone to come with you, to represent you before God, to bridge that gap. And it brings us to that second since statement in verse 21. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, that's Jesus. Ever have somewhere to go or something to do that you were really uptight about like really anxious about like you know where am I going to park or how exactly do I do this or you know can I find the place and you're just <clears throat> and you decide to ask someone to go with you a friend who has maybe done that before or been there and that just makes that makes all the difference that's what Jesus does for us a priest represents us before God prays for us receives our offerings and presents them to God on our behalf receives our confession and blesses us Jesus is the great priest over the house of God and we are that house he offered himself a sacrifice for us all and in this Hebrew letter earlier, we hear that this great priest, this high priest, meets our need, saves completely, conquers death, and can sympathize with our weaknesses. We have access into the presence of God. We have a great priest over our lives. So the writer says, since these things are true, there are five things we're called to. Two things regarding God and three things regarding each other. And it's really a reminder to me, it's all about relationship, amen? And our relationship with God is inseparable from our relationship with each other. This would be a good time to just look around a little bit. Just look around, right, left, behind you, in front of you. Um, we are here in relationship together as a part of the plan of God. So five things. Here are the two calls regarding God. Call number one, let us draw near to God. The way has been made. The door has been opened. The veil of the temple torn in two. Because of the shed blood of Christ, we can not only come near to God, but we can come in full assurance of faith. We don't have to come timidly. We can come humbly, but we can come boldly. In his letter, James says that when we do, when we draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Why should we draw near to God? Well, earlier in this letter, we're encouraged to come near to God to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. I don't know about you, but I need plenty of mercy and I need plenty of grace. Amen? And God wants to give that to us. It made me think about my pastor in my uh, seminary days, Grandview Church of the Nazarene, Grandview, Missouri, just south of Kansas City. 
uh, Richard Niederheiser. He was a big old guy, uh, a gentle giant, I would call him. And uh, Kelly and I, after we were married, I had graduated. Kelly was in her last year uh, in the middle of her fall term. We got married, and uh, we were custodians for the church. And in exchange for being custodians, we lived in a little house on the church grounds. Came close to the holiday season, and uh, Reverend Niederheiser had a family emergency somewhere, so he left town. About the same time, we had the opportunity to go back for Christmas. And without letting him know my plans, I uh, lined up a substitute custodian, and off we went. Well, I came back and found out that the substitute custodian didn't do a very good job cleaning the church before those uh, really important Christmas services. And Reverend Niederheiser was not happy with me. And I still remember him calling me into the sanctuary one weekday and sitting me down on the front pew, and uh, he dressed me down. He told me what I hadn't done and what I did wrong, and wow. And then he paused, and he had me stand up, and he gave me the biggest bear hug that you'd ever seen and just told me he loved me, and it was okay. And I thought, that's just about how God is. He will not let us get away with things that we shouldn't get away. Why? Well, he loves us. Grace and mercy. <laughs> we come to God with more than our needs and requests, of course. We come with our praise and thanks and confession, and God will challenge us as well as comfort us. But man, oh man, my friend, he wants to give us mercy and grace. If we'll just come to him, acknowledge him talking about spending time with him. I'm talking about prayer. I'm talking about opening his word, getting quiet, being still, getting alone with him. Let us draw near to God and let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. I have to confess to a little swerving as I drive around Colorado looking at all your beautiful scenery. I'm thinking when we picked up our friends at Denver Airport on Thursday that I didn't instill a lot of confidence in them as I swerved a little bit on 25, pointing out all the neat things that they needed to see. They're probably doing this. When it comes to the hope we have in Jesus, hands on the wheel, friends, eyes on the road, no drifting to the right or to the left, amen? I don't know a lot about ocean travel. I've never been on a cruise. Kelly's been on five. She keeps trying to get me on one of those, and I'm saying no go. But I know that if you're out on the open sea in a cruise liner, there aren't uh, road signs, there aren't exit ramps, etc. So if you're taking off from, uh, let's say, Baltimore and headed to, let's say, Bermuda, I'm looking at somebody that just got back from there, I'm uh, guessing a ship's captain plots a course, and you need to stay on that course. And if you get off by a degree or two just outside of Baltimore Harbor, you're not going to make it to Bermuda. You might end up on the uh, west coast of Africa or something. And if you find that you're a little bit off course at the beginning of your journey, you need to correct that, or you're going you're gonna to end up somewhere you didn't ever plan. Hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. Amen?
promises of God are like pine trees in the Rocky Mountains of Scripture, abundant, unbending, and perennial. Our favorite Max Lucado quote that uh, we remind ourselves of every once in a while around here. My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. God is faithful. Our hope is grounded in his faithfulness. We need God. Amen? We need God. And we need each other. Now the three calls regarding each other. Number one, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. I want you to hear that. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. There's a good de- a bit of spurring going on these days, as a matter of fact. Sharon Weesey is making some spurring you on phone calls, if she hasn't already. Uh, inviting some people to serve as small group leaders. We want to expand those opportunities to be together and enjoy that kind of, that level of Christian fellowship in the fall. It won't be long before you'll be hearing about opportunities to serve out in the community. We're going to spur you on to love and good deeds out here in Woodland Park. We'd love to see uh, Tracy have a few more folks on her team so she could get into service. I think this is the first service I've seen Tracy Summerall in since we've been here, other than those family services. Pastor Scott's praying for more adults to work with their teenagers. Lori and her worship team and tech leaders are looking for some more folks to be in that booth and up here playing instruments. Our ministry leaders are spurring us on. But we're all called to spur each other on to love and good deeds. I was remembering back to a message I preached in August of 2020 uh, back home when we were pre-recording all our services. And I preached from this passage and to illustrate this particular point I headed to a farm uh, near our church facility owned by one of our parishioners and I thought you might get a kick out of uh, seeing this little clip so let's try to let's try to run run that spur one another on to love and good deeds my farm girl wife Kelly who I married 34 years ago has taught this uh, suburbanite kid a few things over those years including how to ride a horse i'm out here at the curran uh, farm in fact i've got kevin curran mounted up and uh, we often see him riding on those trails we were just on this is his his horse murphy and uh you know kevin i actually thought you did not uh wear spurs when you ride but you actually do tell us about the spurs you've got on i do these are english spurs they're not real severe there's a little nub on the end if I need Murphy to twist, I'll just rub his ribs, or if I need him to go forward and he doesn't, I'll give him a little encouragement. Uh, it's a tool, it's not for punishment, it's to let him know how, to, how I communicate with him. It's, it's a tool. Yeah, so I'm thinking all of us are thinking spurs, you know, those big old sharp things that we watched on Westerns, but that's not the case at all. Correct. And But you need them. And like you can't get on Murphy and just expect that he's going to take off where you want him to, to go automatically, right? You got to do something. Correct. Sometimes he needs a nudge. He needs a nudge. And so do we, folks. 
We need to spur each other on. And I'll tell you what, these days, thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. These days, we've got lots of opportunity to do good, to love on each other, to love our neighbor, to serve out there in the community. And I want to be that kind of church. I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a church that avoids or ignores the needs and opportunities. I want to run to them. I want to be a first responder. I want to be a, a cavalry that gallops into the fray with the hope of Jesus and uh, the help the people, the help the people need. Well, uh, we need to spur each other on to loving good deeds. And then at verse 25 in that passage, we uh, should not give up meeting together. And I can imagine what some of you are thinking right now. Hey, Pastor, we're going to have to take a pass on that one. No can do in this pandemic. Well, to that I would just say, hey, hold your horses, right? That brings us to the second of three commands regarding each other. Let us not neglect beating together. I'm really grateful for the technology that allows our church family members to join us online when they can't be here in person. Really do. Uh, Monty and Louise, God bless you. They're joining us right now. I'm grateful for the technology that allows these days our families that may be on vacation to still join this service online. And I'd encourage you to do that. I'm grateful for the technology that allows someone that is considering uh, participating in a church again that may not feel comfortable yet coming through those doors to check us out ahead of time and join online. But if you're able to gather, God calls us together. Always has, and I believe he always will. Nothing can replace being together. That clip we just saw took me back to all those uh, memories of the first few months of the pandemic. Midway through March 2020. We were as locked down in Montgomery County, Maryland as you could be, and a lot longer than you were, I think. And we went a solid uh, three, three and a half, maybe four months uh, locked down in Montgomery County, and it was Kelly and I on the sofa of our family room watching our pre-recorded services. And I can still remember the joy I experienced in our first meet-up walk with uh, our friends, the Schaefers, and their kids who they told not to, you know, get too close to, to Ben and Kelly, but they just ran up giving us hugs, and off we went. And I still remember that first in-person service we allowed to happen midway through that summer after three or four months apart when we uh, came together in limited numbers in a space like this to watch the pre-recorded service. But it was great. We had people around us singing and praying, and we were just physically present. Nothing beats being together. It's encouraging. Which brings me to the final uh, point, and I believe one of the primary reasons God calls us together, let us encourage one another. Give me that image back, Scott, that next slide. We've sung this song once here. It was our theme song, I would say, back home. We are pilgrims on a journey. Brothers, sisters on the road, we are called to help each other walk the mile and share the load. What does it mean to encourage someone? 
Well, the answer is right there in the Word. It's more than a pat on the back or a thank you, although that's a great start. Throw that other slide up there, uh, Scott. I think it's the last one. I got this note from one of our church kids after preaching that message that included the clip we showed uh, just a few minutes ago. Might have been Isaac Schaefer. I can't remember. Or it might be one of these guys. These guys have given me some great notes and uh, uh, art over the years that I still have today. Anyway. But encouragement is saying something or doing something or being in the kind of a relationship with someone that gives them the courage to keep the faith, to stay on the way, to not drift to the right or the left. And until the day we stand in the presence of Jesus and give an account for the life that we that's Christian encouragement. And we need it. We need that these days. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, this is what the writer says earlier in this letter. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the end encourage each other last week I applied that message on wisdom to the life and ministry of the church noting how much I've learned from others in the church through the years wisdom and I pitched the importance of small groups I'm big on that I think that's sacred I think our times here this morning are like those times of praise in the temple courts in the early church but then they met from house to house. They broke bread and enjoyed uh, uh, each other's company and, and, and ate with glad and sincere hearts. I'd make the same application this week with this theme of encouragement. So I've asked uh, Marcella and Nehemiah, at least. I don't know if their whole clan's coming up. Come on up here. This uh, mic is going to be yours. I didn't tell you at the front end, uh, Marcella's a board member. Uh, Nehemiah is one of our drummers. Marcella is one of our worship leaders. Uh, Nehemiah leads a uh, weekly men's group. They are a part of a young couples uh, small group right now, have led couples groups before. So I've just asked them to share how uh, small groups, especially back home, have been an encouragement to them. How's that for a setup? Sounds good. That's good? Okay. Get right in there. Good morning, everyone. First of all, thank you for having us, and thank you for all the hospitality and conversations we had out in the entrance. Um, so believe it or not, my wife, although my wife is a great worship leader, she doesn't like speaking in public when she doesn't have to. So she asked me to do most of the talking. But um, yeah, I'll talk about small group for a couple minutes. I've been part of a men's Bible study for about eight years now, and uh, we meet at 6.30 in the morning. We started out at diners. And... Um, that's been one of the greatest encouragements in my life. I remember when they invited me, I was a little apprehensive because of the time, uh, 6.30 in the morning at a diner. And when I finally felt that God was calling me to be part of that group, um, it was just such an encouragement, and I needed it at that moment. So a few things happened in my life. I lost a family member. Uh, another family member had to check themselves into rehab, and that was a, kind of a dark moment for me, but uh, having these guys around me, was an encouragement and, and um, something else that gives us accountability. We don't necessarily sit there and always do that, but um, 
if one of us is struggling with something, we have the freedom to, um, to bring that up among the group. And the other thing Pastor Ben alluded to was our, our couples group. And uh, like, like Pastor Ben said, we've known the, the Spitlers since we were about our boy's age. And um, we were remembering that when we came back to Gaithersburg Church of the Nazarene, our boys were little, like the, like the two brothers that were dedicated here today. And um, we immediately got connected into a young couples group. At the time, they were meeting at the Spitler's house. And um, before I knew it, uh, Pastor Kelly was encouraging us to lead the group. I did not feel equipped to, but God equips us. And um, they even kicked us out of the nest. They said, go meet somewhere else. But, uh, but it's been such a blessing. Um, it, it's a young couples group, and it's changed names a few times, parents of small children, uh, 30s and 40s life group. But it's always the same. Uh, as parents, I think one of the biggest blessings is being able to sit down in a circle with other parents and share our struggles, which usually we find out are the same struggles. And I don't know about all other young parents here, but sometimes you think, am I doing this right? Am I doing it the way God wants me to do it? And it's the encouragement that, yes, I am, or maybe I need to fix something and approach this area with more grace. But um, I think that kind of wraps up what young couples group and what men's Bible study have done in our lives. It's just been a, a blessing, and we're glad that that season is coming for your beautiful congregation, and we just encourage everybody to get plugged in. Thank you. Don't move yet. So one of my uh, enduring images in our last days is watching the young couples group meet for lunch after service and watching just what seemed like dozens of kids running amok. Uh, but they, you include the kids in that uh, time together, right? And including you guys, give me a thumbs up real high if that's a good time for, for you guys, too, to connect with your friends. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's been really important for our kids as well. Um, you know, they're, they're out there as well and being exposed to all the things that we are. Um, and I think it's important for them to build relationships with kids that have the same values and believe in Christ. And they can, they can encourage each other as well and check each other up as well. Two quick questions in addition. And he's one of benefits of leading. I mean, is that a blessing or just a burden? For me, it's been a blessing. It, it has forced me to step out of my comfort zone. I am not a public speaker. I can do one-on-one, -on -one, uh, but a group is, is challenging. Um, but I think that God is calling me to step out of that and to share. I think everyone uh, has a unique uh, experience to share, and, and God wants to use that in any way that, that, that we allow him to. And last question, have you had some... Uh deep friendships that have resulted from being in small groups kind of lay the groundwork for that? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I meant to bring that up, but I didn't bring notes, probably should have. But those deep, lasting friendships um, have really encouraged us. Uh, our, the other couples we've met with and the other guys I meet with on Wednesday mornings, they're, they're, bas they're basically like family. And since we brought up the kids, the kids that are, you know, who joined the group, whose parents are part of the group, they're best friends with our kids. So that's been an encouragement as well. Let's thank these guys. Thank you very much. Everything that we do as a church is a part of the bigger story that we're caught up in. Amen. On the hillside outside Jerusalem, 20 centuries ago, Jesus was crucified. 
He offered Himself on a cross. His death brought us life and opened up for us a new and living way. Let's draw near to God. Jesus was raised from the dead. Let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. He's praying for us even now. He's preparing a place for us. Let's spur each other on to love and good deeds. Let's meet together. Let's encourage each other until the day the Lord Jesus comes riding on the clouds of glory with his holy angels with him to call an end to the old order of things and make everything new. I want to be there. I want you to be. That's why we encourage each other. Amen. I invite our worship team to come, and as they come, let's pray. Father, I pray that even now you would stir in us the desire to be all you want us to be, to do all you want us to do, to be the kind of church you want us to be. Now give us the grace, grace enough, Lord, to be a means of grace to each other. Grace enough so that it's just overflowing out of our lives into the lives of those that we're sharing the journey with. God, give us all the courage to keep the faith. No matter what's going on in the world around us, no matter what's going on inside of our heads and hearts, Lord, uh, come and fill us with your Spirit. And... and, uh, Lord, just deliver us from from anxiety, discouragement, or anything else, Lord. Just help us to know you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing. We need his spirit these days, amen? I appreciate it.
Father, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for that fresh wind that has poured out upon us because of the incredible love that you have for each one of us. We thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that checks us up, Lord, when we need that. We thank you, Father, for your spirit that loves us enough to show us the right way. Father, we thank you so much for the encouragement that we gain from your spirit and from the encouragement that we gain from each other. We thank you, Lord, for your church. We thank you for this church family. We thank you, Lord, that we do not walk this journey alone, but we walk it together, hand in hand, Lord, with your church. And we thank you and we praise you. And Lord, I pray that as we go out this morning, Lord, that we will know that we are loved, that we know that you are with us, and that we know that there are people here that love us and help us to be an encouragement to one another. And Father, as we go out into a world, Lord, a dark world that needs you, I pray, Lord, that you will use us to put courage in others. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together. Be with us and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.